2: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina.
1: And I'm your other host, Matt Sklina.
2: And Matt, today we've got a phenomenal show. It's just the two of us. That's right. And uh, we were asked to give a talk, uh, what, it was about a month ago or so. Right at yeah. the start of the year. Yeah, about about kind of where we saw the opportunities in the sub-markets for investors in the Vancouver area. And so we, we really focused
1: just specifically on the city of Vancouver. And what basically happened was we gave the talk. Yes, Rapturous applause, and we decided <laughs> to uh, to do a podcast. I don't
2: remember the applause, but uh, we we did decide we'd repurpose the information. <laughs> There's no question about that. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and and I should say we're we're coming off of a, a very nice evening. A nice evening. This is. Uh, I feel like you've made it when you
1: get to this event. What's that? The
2: the Rennie. Uh, it was the art show. The but Rennie art show. But yeah. what? But what is it? There's a. There's a name when it's not Rennie marketing. It's like the Rennie art.
1: Uh, it's one of the many arms of Rennie, but yeah, you you get in with Rennie intelligence Andy Ramlow and, uh, Ryan Berlin, Ryan Berlin. Next thing you know, you're looking at
2: expensive art, you're drinking, you're drinking bubbly. Yeah. Yeah, It was a, it was a good night. Bubbles.
1: Actually, the guy literally called it bubbles.
2: Yeah. Bubbly is what you, (laughs) is your soda water that you're used to. Is that the buble, (laughs) the bubbly? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Anyways, (laughs) it was a great event. Uh, yeah.
1: Lots of fun. And uh, I hope they invite us back. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was, it was for sure. But you also watched Parasite last night. I did, I can't yeah. believe you did both those things. Sleeper <laughs> indie film. <laughs> Sleeper because of the bubbles, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, you
2: know what? We didn't get, we're not completely through it, so no it, I saw alert. it in the theater. It was. Uh, you went to that in the theater? <laughs> I did, yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel like that would be one of those movies in the theater where a lot of people would be, like laughing at the end, and clapping at the end, a lot of annoying things yeah, happening. Yeah, it, the it was it uh, was
1: West Fifth. Yeah, yeah, really? Well,
2: <laughs> well you can actually have uh, some bubblies at uh, West yeah. Fifth. I did.
1: Well, that was the issue. Yeah, you have a uh, you have a few. It's times. hard. Well, you're reading the subtitles inside. It was a challenge, really, but it was good. Yeah, in the end, it was good. Well, that's that, and it, it's so far. I'm I'm about three way three quarters through. But it's, it's a movie a, it's that a you think movie. about. I feel like for about a week after. I was thinking about that movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it was really good. It's and great. It's won a couple of awards, I heard. Right. And I, you know, I've, I watched
2: that. I feel like I'm watching a lot of subtitled. Have you seen The Farewell yet? No. Never, never even heard of it. it. Really good. Really great, great movie. You know what I just watched? What? Not that, uh, we might be getting off track here. Yeah.
1: But Tru- Secret is pointing at his clock. <laughs> the Truman Show. Oh. Okay. What year is The Truman Show from? Uh, late, 90s late 90s, maybe? Late 90s, maybe? 97, 98?
2: I'm That's telling you. That's a Jim
1: you, Carrey, right? That's a Jim Carrey uh, vehicle, is what yeah. they call it. It, uh, No, it's really, when you, <laughs> you think... You know because his
2: head's out the window. <laughs> yeah. You- that, that's a joke that no millennials will get. <laughs> like an Ace Ventura joke? Yeah, yeah. No, that's,
1: okay, go on, sorry. Uh, no, anyway, it was, it's really, I think that was, re- it's really insightful for when it came out. Right. Um. You know, and, and yeah, I would go back and watch it. It's definitely worth revisiting. The Truman Show, is that your tip? <laughs> this is the tip for the week. No, All but right. honestly, think about it. He's in a world in which uh, there's cameras on him at all times. Yes. This was before I was doing everything are... I do on Instagram, right? Yeah. Cameras on him at all times. Uh, a lot of the product placement is totally reality TV based, but this is sure. pre-reality TV. This is a, it it really has a lot to say to the 2020 viewer.
2: It's, uh, yeah. And while you're at it, watch Minority Report.
1: Because... <laughs> <laughs> Because that
2: that will put you into a tizzy. Uh, that, you'll, you'll you'll be really and that upset. concludes. Yeah, <laughs> but we have we have a great show today. We're talking about kind of three hubs. That we see opportunities for in the Vancouver, in the city of Vancouver. In the city of Vancouver. We're not going out to Metro Vancouver. We we there, we talk a lot about the sky trains and different areas blowing and up. And I kind of feel of, like
1: if you look at the logic of the three areas we're talking about in Vancouver, you could apply it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully people will find it useful for sure.
2: It's a fun conversation, so we hope you enjoy. It. And we should say these are not the only opportunities in Vancouver. These are just ones we wanted to highlight um and uh, they seem kind of clear cut for us for sure. Um, we also have the Oakwood tip before we that's, get to that. That's
1: right. So we this is Oakwood. We've been there all k- pushing six months. Right. And seasoned uh, vets, seasoned vets of uh, of this growing brokerage. But what a dynamic place. The tip this week is uh, is pertinent to our show two weeks ago, and it seems like it's on everyone's minds right now. Yeah, Strat insurance. insurance. Yes. The Oakwood tip this week is ensure you do your due diligence with. Insurance before you remove subjects. Yeah,
2: Matt, and you know it's interesting because we have been talking a lot about strata deductibles, so like water deductibles going up substantially. I feel like hundred k mainland. is the new
1: twenty five k when it comes to water. It's
2: unbelievable. I've I've just the last two buildings I've sold, they both had two hundred fifty thousand dollar water deductibles, and they're great buildings in downtown Vancouver. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. Like it's we're seeing a lot of deductibles. Um, go up substantially as our premiums. so you can expect either levies potentially related to strata premium increases or potentially maintenance fees going up. The big thing now is is actually adding a condition to do your due diligence um, about you know reviewing the strata insurance
1: and making sure that you can actually get coverage on the building. That's right. And you know what and it's funny cuz before, you know, you take a cursory glance at the the water deductible and right. and we always, you know, everybody seems to know a few buildings that are doozies when that it comes to That used to be stand, uh, standouts. Yeah, standouts, right? But uh, but yeah, now this is uh this is a fundamental thing to consider prior to removing subjects. Right. And and you know what, it's it's always best to talk to
2: a broker. I'm just going to highlight two and I mean it's it's um, this is based on a couple weeks ago when I I did some research um, Sonnet is an online provider that is still insuring, um, personal insurance up to a $500,000, uh, deductible. And also Square One is an online provider that's doing up to 250000 but most will do a max of about $100,000. So if you have a water deductible and it's over $100,000 in a building and your insurance only covers you up to 100000 you might be in a situation where you're self-insuring. So make sure you do your homework.
1: Nobody wants to self-insure.
2: Yes, nobody wants to self-insure. But Matt, we also have, uh, we always follow the Oakland tip with a tip of our own.
1: Our tip this week is uh, there was a CBC, basically a town hall or panel last night, actually right. just down the street of, from where we were. I uh, caught it this morning. Right. It was Matt Galloway, host, new host, I think of CBC's The Current, uh, Anna hosted. Ma- Anna Maria Tremonte was the was the past host. Yes. One of our favorites. <laughs> Fan favorite. Fan favorite. I'm the fan. Uh, But anyway, they, yeah. So there was a town hall last night. Andy Yan was on. Yes. Um, It was really interesting discussion. I caught about three quarters of it on the way in today, but we're talking about kind of areas of excitement uh, for investing in East Van and uh, Chinatown is adjacent to the one of the ones we speak about. And this kind of is a more holistic uh, discussion around the area and it's super interesting. And I think it's super important for the city.
2: Yeah. I caught a part where they asked is developer a bad word and. And um, you know, it, it sounded like it was. If if it isn't a bad word, it's becoming a bad word in in the area. So it's it's interesting. We've actually had a past episode where we covered um, Chinatown and and that was, what's w- going yeah. on with uh, development in Chinatown way back. Like that was probably at least two hundred
1: episodes ago. Yeah, they—that was with all the uproar around the development on the on the parking lot on Kiefer. Uh, yeah, right back next then. Door And, and to now the it's basically, Bar. yeah, the moratorium now on on development in Chinatown. It seems, but yeah, fantastic conversation on the current, and I think they have a podcast as well. And Matt, of course, we have to mention our sponsor, Uh We're
2: huge fans of Ramy, and he is helping us with all of our video production. Well, this he is, is where we're doing, we're
1: doing a lot of our podcasting out of the live at the Bento Box, right? Yes, he's, we are. He's doing super interesting stuff over there. He's also doing Vancouver Real Estate Live. He's doing Real, Vancouver Real Estate Live. It was his idea, actually. It was his idea. He makes us look like movie stars. We have... Yes, once a month. Yes, we actually have one coming up. We do have one coming up. But before that, check out
2: ramyfilms.com for all your video needs. And we'll, we'll just say one thing: this guy's worked with Timberland. Timberland? Timberland. Yeah, not <laughs> Timberland. Uh, although <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm tempted to call him Timberland. <laughs> And our live event with Mark Ting is actually, it's coming up really soon. This is the 19th at 7 p.m. That's a Wednesday.
1: Mark Ting, CBC's financial guru. Yes, he's also the partner at Foundation Wealth. He's this also, guy, he's, he's teaching he's, at SFU now.
2: Yeah, he's a, so he's kind of where real estate meets kind of the financial planner, uh, you know, market guy, right? That's right.
1: And he, he loves both. He loves both. Very bright guy. And then the best thing about Vancouver Real Estate Live... Bring your questions, and this you can bring questions about basically anything because marketing. Can you can cover talk it all. stocks, you can talk high
2: risk, low risk.
1: You'll you want to be there. This is a YouTube Vancouver real estate podcast. We got the live event February nineteenth, seven p.m. Yeah, go ahead and set a reminder because
2: then you'll actually get reminded when we are live and you can join us. Absolutely, but maybe we should cut to our
1: talk with, with each the, other. Yeah, <laughs> about real estate in Vancouver. See you after the music.
2: Today, we're going to be talking about markets that present some upside in 2020 in the city
1: of Vancouver. In the city of Vancouver. And and we actually, taking a step back, the reason we're talking about this is actually we were asked to do a talk at the start of January right. uh, about where we saw the opportunities. And because we saw real estate in the city of Vancouver primarily, we focused on the city of Vancouver and we focused on three areas that we thought – uh, really had some upswing potential yeah. and, and were really exciting. And uh, we thought we'd repurpose it here. Well, yeah. And, and we should say, I mean, there's tons
2: of opportunities all in Metro Vancouver. There's great opportunities in BC and the rest of Canada. But not, not a lot of people are actually focused on the city of Vancouver and looking at the sub areas specifically in Vancouver. So that's part of the reason we wanted to talk about what's going on in
1: Vancouver specifically. And when we do a talk, right, we, mm-hmm. we try to distill it down to a couple of, key takeaways that people can this is specific key, people can walk walk yes. away from. So we did hubs. So our talk's gonna focus on hubs today. We we look at three hubs. We look at energy hubs right with examples. I'll talk more about that. We look at employment hubs with examples, we talk about that. We look at transportation hubs with examples and I'll talk about that as well. For sure. But let's start with this idea of an energy hub. This is a term that we I, actually we stole it. We, we stole did. this from Morgan Brown past guest uh fan favorite on the on the Vancouver real estate podcast but it was a term she used and we've to capture something that we talk about on the podcast all the time and something that is kind of crucial in real estate uh it's that feeling an area has right kind of a is it like the a, vibrancy of a, an area yeah a qualitative feeling that's hard to really put into words kind of a shifting energy uh dy- dynamism uh usually where young people are going, where it's exciting to be, it's hip. Uh, So that's what we mean by energy hubs. And one of the ways we thought about uh, looking for opportunities was looking for emerging energy hubs. So
2: just to, to, not to beat a dead horse here, but Scottsdale, Arizona, is that an energy hub?
1: Uh, You know what? I haven't been there because I'm not 75. Mesa. NASA? <laughs> but here, but but Williamsburg, New York maybe? Yeah, and that's that's definitely an energy hub and I would say even uh yeah, pushing east uh from there would be more of an emerging energy hub. Right. Uh so you get the Just idea. Just to kind of right? give the idea. Okay. So and if we're talking about energy hubs and emerging energy hubs in the city of Vancouver as opposed to uh cities we don't know very well in the United States, uh maybe we should look at Mount Pleasant. Right. Okay? So we wanted to t- highlight a sale that happened uh 2 weeks before Christmas in Mount Pleasant at the Independent at Main. That's a the new uh Rise building at Broadway and Main Street. Um Mount Pleasant is what I would call an energy hub for sure, sure. right? But is it emerging? Is, in Mount Pleasant I would say is like a if it's if it's an energy hub, it's like
2: reached its full brightness potentially. It as, is burning
1: as, it's it, not, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like. Uh, this is it's, like it's Jim, an- Jim Morrison when he was 26 and a half.
2: <laughs> okay, maybe not. I, I think this is, but this is not like, we're not starting the
1: fire in Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant's a fire that's it's roaring. It's burning bright. Yeah. It, it, yeah, so this is an energy hub that is burning bright. So let's talk about this one sale that happened at the Independent at Main. Sure. It actually made, made, uh, it made headlines at the time. So it's a 15th floor, one bedroom, 630 square feet. Uh, listed for sixteen, or sorry, listed for six forty nine. So six hundred forty nine thousand dollars. They held off on offers till after the weekend. Uh, you actually, I wrote an offer. You wrote an offer on this. You actually spent some time looking at the the data, and your impression was, I was thinking that it was going
2: to sell for probably high six hundreds, potentially hit seven hundred, but not much more than that. And I I do remember speaking to other agents about it who felt the same way. There was a general consensus that the comps were leading to that
1: price point. Okay, so what happened with this sale specifically? There was 16 offers. Right. Uh, It sold that night, so subject-free, the deal went firm uh, the night in which the offers were presented for $792,000. So almost $100,000 over what? The comps would suggest market value was and almost thirteen hundred dollars a foot. Yeah, in in Mount Pleasant for a nice building with nice views, very but, nice unit, but nowhere near uh, what the comps said. And let's take a step back, right? Because we're we're sitting here in early twenty twenty. I feel like we've at least you and I uh, sitting around talking about this all day, every day, uh, have absorbed the idea that December and November and October and September, kind of outperformed people's expectations. Right. But 2019 was largely a lackluster start. in re- well, well, and, and lackluster start, start, and- start, and I'd say overall, uh, kind of a surprising finish, but it was a lackluster year.
2: We turned a corner around July of 2019, and then, uh, you know, December, though, was a very, very busy month. And, right. And the last quarter, the last, the last two quarters, last quarter were really,
1: really solid. But prior to that, not 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 very uh,
2: yeah. But lackluster is a good way to describe
1: lackluster twenty nineteen. So this sale is surprising in the context of the larger year, but it's not really all that surprising in the context of Mount Pleasant specifically. Right. And Adam, you want to break down some sales ratios for yeah, December?
2: Yes. So if we just actually look at the city of Vancouver overall, so what I've done here is I've taken condos and townhomes in Mount Pleasant, and I've taken condos and townhomes in all of Vancouver, and I've averaged the sales ratio. So just a reminder for people, sales ratios, any, anything under about 10, 11% is a buyer's market. Anything over about 20% is a seller's market. Anything in between that is a balanced market. So between about 11 and 19%, call it, is a is a balanced market. So we are definitely in um, in the, the, the Q3 and Q4 of 2019. We were definitely in A seller's market in Vancouver condos to the tune of about 24 to 34% on average, right across all areas. Now, if we actually break down Mount Pleasant in contrast to Vancouver, you'll notice that the lowest sales ratio was. 48%. Forty-eight percent, so double that's the ba- lowest. That's
1: basically one out of every two condos selling at the slowest point exactly. in the last half of the year. Exactly.
2: So, so double the sales ratio in Van- in the rest of Vancouver uh, for condos, and then we hit a peak in October of seventy-five percent. So this is- that's
1: like twenty seventeen numbers. That's y- like we're raging. We are. That's that's a very very aggressive
2: seller's market. Almost eight out of ten homes selling in a given month. So. Really, the point here is is even in a lackluster year where we had kind of low entry-level seller's markets in a lot of the markets and buyer's markets and balanced markets kind of throughout Vancouver, we saw condos and townhomes in Mount Pleasant outperforming to the tune of you know two to three
1: times the sales ratios. Wildly outperforming the market. So when we bring up Mount Pleasant here, we've already mentioned it's burning bright. We're not saying that Mount Pleasant is an emerging energy hub. We're saying, let's look for the next Mount Pleasant, right? right? Let's find the next emerging energy hub. And while there are no sure bets, right? We should say there's there's no certainty. Uh, we will have a disclaimer at the bottom of the subtext of this video. <laughs> there's no Dis- certainty. <laughs> yeah. We'll tell you all sorts of things. Don't actually pay attention to any of it. Uh, <laughs> while there are no sure bets, there are clear signals, right? right. And one of the areas worth considering... Uh, and we've talked about it on the podcast for for a while now. Is the Hastings Corridor?
2: Yes. So we love the Hastings Corridor. We, you know, and it, it kind of in the same light of lo- loving the Kingsway Corridor in
1: the sense that it's ugly and it has a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> but but okay, it's ugly. It has a lot of room for improvement. But there's some really nice things, right? Like of course the Hastings Corridor is super close. So proximity to downtown is important. Proximity to other areas, Chinatown. Uh, Commercial Drive, uh, the Main Street Corridor, you're right in the heart of some of Vancouver's best neighborhoods, no doubt about it. Another thing that's been happening in Hastings, uh, along the Hastings Corridor for years, uh, and we've been talking about for years, is some of the biggest players in Vancouver, some of the biggest players in the development industry have been buying up uh, the Hastings Corridor, right? right? The people who own uh, along East Hastings currently. Chip Wilson's holding company, owns right. a ton of property over there. Ani, yes. you might have heard of them. Ani and Cl- uh, Ani's at Clark and Hastings. They've got They're a, currently a prime lot. Develop- yeah, there's a development application in place. Uh, Wall Financial developed Strathcona Village, which right. is uh, which is already built. is there, Reliance is there. Uh, basic- Lots of big players. A lot of the big players are betting on this area. So not only are we in a spot that is ripe for uh, improvement... Mm-hmm. Um however you want to define that, you have developers and you have proximity to really good neighborhoods. Yeah, man, I love the proximity to
2: really good neighborhoods and that's that's a key uh a key factor in just figuring out where the next best area is going to be because it's often it's just it's it's its location compared to other kind of hip up and coming areas, right? I mean, we all remember when Main Street was going crazy. A lot of a lot of people were saying, "Well, clearly Fraser is also going to benefit from the Main Street corridor, right? Um, you know, growing at a at a very quick rate, and, and it sure has, did, right? I mean, now Fraser has some of the best restaurants in the city. It has some of the coolest coffee shops. It's got young, it's got a lot of energy. It is an energy hub. Well, and right?
1: th- think about when Morgan Brown was on the show uh, to go back uh, when she used the term energy hub. She was actually using uh, or citing the area between Fraser and Knight Cedar so Cottage, even, even east of there, as yeah. as an emer- as a really exciting Energy it it
2: doesn't take a rocket scientist <laughs> to know where the energy is flowing. And that's flowing. why
1: it took us so long to put this together.
2: Well, well, this is <laughs> it. But I, I do think, so we obviously, the nice thing about um, any kind of key indicators for an energy hub, I love that, that you highlight that developers are buying in this area. I love that we're talking about the immediate proximity to other great communities. But, you know, you also want to follow the creators. And what's happening in the Hastings Corridor, specifically close to Strathcona, um, kind of close to the Hastings and Clark area, is we have a lot of artists, musicians, kind of taste makers, um, people with discerning taste, but young. People, as it's well. almost
1: the people that would have been in in uh, living along Main Street maybe ten to fifteen years ago have exactly. all moved
2: over there. Exactly, right. and and so there's also coffee shops, breweries opening.
1: What's the coffee shop? Because you you had a coffee at because you live in Strathcona.
2: So, uh, yeah. And and my comment was it's called the Garden Strathcona. They didn't even let you in there. Well, no, it it makes matchstick coffee that used to intimidate me feel like a blends. Um, <laughs> no 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 offense to blends but really like that's how crazy it is I mean some go offense for match if you if, if you want to if you want to see if you want to see uh, the next uh, step of in progression of coffee shops go hang out at the Garden Strathcona I mean really really hip and and kind of funky commercial space moving in you know I'm too old because I say funky um, <laughs> but uh, there's a great wine, uh, a new wine restaurant that's moved in you've got Strathcona Brewery uh, the Heat League some great little restaurants and places that are are gaining a lot of momentum. It's kind
1: of like you go head over there if you want to see what's uh, going to be mainstream in a couple of years.
2: Well, yeah, and there's a lot of like like I said, I mean it all a lot of it centers on these these key indicators like young people kind of being in the area and artist space exi- spaces existing, um lower priced rent um, people kind of willing to kind of take a gamble on an area um, uh, and, and do something that's exciting and neat. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, once the expensive rents hit in certain communities, it, it's tough to kind of to, to try stuff, right? Right. It's, it's tough to be experimental with restaurants and coffee shops and breweries and that sort of thing. And, and we have talked about this on the podcast before, but the breweries, microbreweries are almost having the same, uh, the same effect as the Starbucks effect used right. to be, right? You're almost seeing breweries go into an area and instantly that area becomes in higher demand in terms of, um, for developers, but also for people that want to purchase prop- properties and live in the area, yeah, and build their life th- in the area. Think
1: Port Moody's, think now even lower Lonsdale with the new sure. breweries. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a, pretty exciting. It, it is.
2: It's very exciting. Um, and then the other, the other point about this area, which is exciting in Strathcona or along the Hastings corridor is that there's a, a distinct brand for the neighborhood, um, and also an identity and a history that the community kind of rallies behind um, where people start to feel like they're actually part of this this long uh, history in in this area like Strathcona's a, a There's a uniqueness to it right Yeah well Strathcona's a prime one like you're actually you'll see breweries Strathcona brewery you'll see restaurants that incorporate Strathcona into the name of it you'll see clothing companies now that are actually
1: um, tying Is that into Cuz cuz I was going to say I remember uh, in the early 2000s the Brooklyn. First of all, there's the Brooklyn Brewery, right? And then there's a Brooklyn clothing company that I don't know if it actually exists, but uh, still, there is a pride. If
2: it's funny when people start taking pride and working their community into their uh, overall identity, I think that's a that's a strong indicator for. I've never an heard somebody area.
1: say they live in Strathcona as much as yourself,
2: Matt. This is, there's like a meme of the guy with the red face, like, like exploding, trying to say something. That's, that's somebody that hasn't told you that they live in Strathcona uh, after a minute and a half. There's some, there's some deep rooted pride in some neighborhoods in Vancouver. It's like you and commercial drive, so, <laughs> Mama Mia. I didn't think you bring it up.
1: <laughs> so what we're saying though is, I think you've really captured here uh, an assortment of things right. happening that make the Hastings corridor and what's going on there very exciting. Yes. Last but not least, I mean, so Strathcona Village is like the prime example that we cite all the time. Yes. That's a a newer building, uh, a very exciting spot if you're looking at purchasing residential real estate. Um, but down the street, Ani is set to launch a new building, a pre-sale, what we've seen over the years is as those pre-sales launch, there's a hype machine, Yes, right? There's a hype machine that builds in uh, marketing and advertising for a neighborhood that lasts for years. Generally, it raises the price per square foot. Generally, it increases density, increases walkability, brings in more uh, commercial space. I mean, all of those things that are happening, All point in the right direction. Yeah, and and one thing I just want
2: to just to highlight is buying in an area that's that's transforming too. Like it it has that master plan community effect of the next project will typically be more expensive than the previous project. I guess the the flip side of that argument is until it's not. But the reality is that with the building costs in Vancouver and the and the land costs. Typically, developers, in order to to roll for move forward with the project, they have to project numbers that are typically higher um, than than the previous sales in the area. And so, when you look at like something like Strathcona Village, where where we were seeing some recent sales in the low to mid eight hundreds a foot, compared to the rest of Vancouver for newer product. Um, it's hard to imagine that any new developments in the area are going to be able to match that price per square foot. They'll Um, have to sell for more. I mean even you would think that they'll be selling for over
1: a thousand a foot. Other wood frame pre-sales are selling for more than that. Yeah uh, in in locations not as
2: well this is it. This is it. So you would imagine that all boats will rise with
1: the tide. So it has that going for it as well. Hastings corridor, emerging energy hubs. Let's move on to the second hub. That we talked about, yeah, in I- uh, in in our talk here, and that's employment hubs, right? Okay, so when we talk about employment hubs here in Vancouver, where are we talking about? Uh, one thing that this actually happened since we've uh, w- we did this talk a month ago is uh, Shopify just announced they're taking over a large space in yep. in uh, Bentall Four, right? So right on Dunsmuir, there over a thousand high tech well-paid jobs coming to downtown. What we highlighted was, of course, Amazon taking over uh, the old post office on on West Georgia. 7,000 new employees, highly educated, young, urban, people that want to walk to work, uh, make a decent money for rent, and they're often not from Vancouver, yeah, so they're, so they wanna they're moving rent to Vancouver. Initially. They're they're renting initially, and then looking to buy, but often want to stay in an area where they don't have to to commute long term. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking about uh, Amazon, Shopify, what that means. I mean, downtown. We always we we like downtown, right? I yeah, mean, there's downtown su- Vancouver is always
2: always kind of uh, does well, even in in softer markets. Downtown te- seems to kind of keep pushing through. It's got a there's always strong demand for people that want to live downtown Vancouver, um, but the northeast. Quadrant of downtown is really exciting for Amazon as well. Like you said, seven thousand new employees coming to the area, and then with Shopify, that that did you the, say around a thousand? Yeah, so that's eight thousand. Eight thousand people coming to the area, and and again, these people uh, generally will want to live downtown. They're going to be young. They're going to be tech people. They're going to there's going to be a lot of millennials, and yeah, they're going to want to walk to work. They're going to probably want that urban lifestyle. So I think that's a that's a a, a really really good thing for northeast downtown so northeast downtown we're talking about crosstown crosstown exciting area crosstown so if you don't you're not familiar with crosstown think of uh, Tinseltown, um abbott and uh, Kiefer. kind of is is the intersection right by the chinatown sky yeah if train you get station. if you get
1: off the sky train and in- go down those stairs you'll you'll enter into Crosstown but also the Spectrum Towers I the think the
2: Spectrum Towers which um, we've often referred to as Ikea condos those are they're, they're actually location wise though they're really well situated with Amazon it's a inve-
1: nice investor grade product it there is investor grade no, product there, no- there there is
2: some there are some great buildings in that area I think that stand to benefit like the Henderson buildings of course over in in Crosstown uh, Spectrum buildings which are Concord Pacific but um, you're going to see that whole northeast region, I think benefit from the spinoff of Amazon for sure.
1: And, and you know what Crosstown specifically, uh, there's still some, some pretty attractive price points there.
2: Well, and this ties us into our second employment hub that actually benefits again, the Northeast corner of uh, the downtown area and actually the East quadrant of downtown altogether, because we've got St. Paul's hospital in False Creek coming. So this is going to take the area from 8,000 jobs to 30,000 jobs over the next 30 years. And as we all know, and we've talked about this on the show before, but hospitals develop their own ecosystem. They need right. system, they need services and they need, um, it, it's basically like universities, right? Uh, where all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of different commercial spaces and services that cater to the people that, you know, work at the hospitals or service, um, service the hospitals in, in the
1: healthcare sector. You don't, you, have- you, don't in, you don't introduce 30,000 people into an area without seeing massive transformation. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then, and this also
2: ties in with the Northeast Falls Creek plan. Um, obviously the viaducts are going to be coming down. This is going to open up a lot of park space. And this is the most expensive uh, city infrastructure project um, that they've actually ever taken on. So there's going to be an elevated park um, that is actually designed by the person who did um, it. Was a the New York Park, the uh, Linear Park. I always forget the name of it, but there's there's really 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 talented people involved in in this project. And uh, what it really does, though, more than anything, is with the viaducts coming down, it makes all those areas in the north and east uh, surrounding communities of downtown waterfront now because it it allows, like you can see how the viaducts are actually divisive in the sense that they they keep areas like Strathcona and the Hastings Corridor from the waterfront. And so when they come down, you can see on the right now with all the park space, um, it just kind of opens up that community to False
1: Creek. That's right. So, So you can see here, we're talking crosstown into Chinatown, where the hospital is going to be basically at uh, so basically, just to say,
2: the right of Science World there you can see there will there's a parkade at the at the lower point of property it's basically National. Just,
1: just north of the train station right exactly but then we're also seeing I mean the Emily Carr campus there's a lot going on in this area and and just nearby that feeds into this but when we're talking about employment hubs. Uh, I think that northeast side of downtown and crawling into East Van, crawling? Would you say crawling? Maybe sprawling, sprawling, <laughs> sprawling into East Van, almost to the point where it connects the Hastings corridor, yeah. uh, the emerging energy hub, right? Yeah. Um, so wait, we got one you do, more. You and do have to crawl before you sprawl. <laughs> That's uh, what they uh, say. Yeah. Yeah. But with uh, without further ado, maybe we should move to the third hub, which is yeah. the transportation hub. Yeah. Uh, in Vancouver, so. And by that I mean focus on transportation hubs. So we've been talking about transportation hubs. I would say coming on a decade uh, now, where you know people move from location, location, location to SkyTrain, SkyTrain, SkyTrain. Right. But I don't think the hype's uh, finished here with it's, when it surrounds it's far trans- from over transportation hubs. I mean, there's three big shifts happening that we're undergoing that we've talked a lot about on the podcast. Right. First of all, in the next thirty years, there's one million newcomers set to arrive yeah. in Vancouver. Where are right? they all going to go? Right. Second, th- there's an affordability issue that we've had for years. I don't think it's getting much better, but these it's pushing people out. Right. Uh, I just saw, actually, uh, a study. Uh, it came out this morning, actually, where they said the headline was uh, Vancouverites will pay more fr- than anyone else in Canada for walkable neighborhoods. Right. So people, you know, affordability is a challenge, but as you're pushed out... People are wanting to be close to to transportation, uh, close to walkable areas that surround Skytrains. And third, a generational and cultural and technological shift that we're undergoing right now. Away from cars. Away from cars, right? This is away from cars and towards multimodal transportation. Uh, We had Kevin Desmond, the CEO of TransLink, on the show uh, not long ago. If you're interested in this, that's obviously the podcast to check out. But all three... Uh, of these kind of huge shifts over the next... 15, 20, 30 years uh, means bet on transportation hubs. Absolutely, Matt. And we'll put up some of these
2: stats here, um, which I'm sure Secret has already done, but we've got 53% of trips in Vancouver are made by walking, rolling, cycling, or transit. We've seen a huge increase, almost up to 30% of walking trips around the city. Um, You can see that uh, obviously transit ridership is up 20% and 360,000 is the highest number of uh, cycling trips on record, which happened in 2018.
1: I feel like uh, Kevin Desmond said it on the podcast, and this might be this might not be a direct quote, but uh, he said, "Hey, if you build it, they will come." And Vancouver's proof of that: you build the transit, ridership has grown, and we've seen huge increases. Right? You can talk about any any uh, SkyTrain station. And you've seen price appreciation, you've seen rent appreciation, right? But uh, especially, and we like to think in long, long term. Uh, we take a long term approach here at the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. But uh, I don't think those opportunities are done for the reasons we just outlined.
2: No, for sure, Matt. And then the other thing that we wanted to talk about in terms of uh, transportation is obviously the Broadway subway. Uh, line, which is the most one of the most exciting infrastructure yeah. projects um, that we have coming to the city. It also ties in with our employment because this is a massive employer uh, for years to come. People working in the region, working on the Broadway Line. We're um, we're
1: just as an exciting uh, point here. We're releasing uh, Chief Planner Vancouver's Chief Planner Gil Kelly. We did a talk with him, and what he said about the Broadway uh, subway project was. From UBC all the way out to SFU, focusing on Broadway as economic pearls, is what he said, which was a really fantastic way of thinking about it.
2: Well, we've got now, we've got the rendition here of where the Broadway uh, subway project's going to be going. Obviously, it's going to be uh, starting at Commercial Drive, um, the commercial platform station, which we're really excited about Grandview Woodlands. There's developers like West Bank who own uh, parcels in the area that are going to be redeveloping the area. Um, The Commercial Drive area, Grandview area, already has a really good vibe. It's what we would classify as a burning bright energy hub already. Um, but, you th- that, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but you can see how adding a SkyTrain to that... scientific classification. But you can see how adding a SkyTrain station that runs east-west um, is going to benefit that community as well. Um, and then we have these... Or, or west, you mean? Or running, yeah. Yeah. Well, the SkyTrain runs east and west. Right. But yeah
1: no but i guess my point was it already it runs east <laughs> <laughs> it's just running
2: west um, yeah but anyways it's going to run west out to arbutus eventually we're going to see this line probably go to ubc i, I, I would imagine i think so yeah um, so this is a very exciting court and and just to note uh, a shout out to fairview slopes kevin desmond ceo of Translink, actually his favorite stop was the broadway city hall stop and partly because it's the actual the actual true connector line. It's going to be able to run east, west, and also, also north, south, just from that one stop. So, I mean, if you live at uh, Cambie and Broadway or in and around that Cambie immediate Village. area, wow, is that going to be convenient to walk down to that one SkyTrain An station spot. and go almost anywhere in the city of Vancouver. So Fairview Slopes, um, which is obviously... Uh, surrounds the Canby corridor there is an exciting one as is the main street and along great northern way where where we kind of highlighted Emily Carr in the hospital um, is kind of going to benefit that region as well but buildings like you know Canvas um, for example um, are really going to benefit from obviously the Skytrain but obviously some of those other hubs that we talked about kind of putting pressure on the area for redevelopment. Absolutely.
1: So, let's uh, maybe we should go through the three, the three hubs we talked about. So we talked about energy hubs. Yes, Hastings Corridor was the highlight. We talked about employment hubs. The highlight was almost northeast downtown through Crosstown to Chinatown. Yeah, and almost and connecting to the Hastings Corridor. Yeah, way.
2: so thinking about Amazon and Shopify are are the two big employees there, and then the third is obviously Saint Paul's Hospital. Right. Which how can right. you how can you forget? I almost forgot. Uh, it. How uh. can you forget a state of the art ho- hospital coming to a community?
1: It's going to just transform that area. And last but not least, we just talked about transportation hubs, uh, specifically focusing on the city of Vancouver. But obviously, uh, that's a regional, uh, that can be applied region-wide. Yes. Um, But it
2: will kind of benefit a lot of the areas that we kind of highlighted on. And honorable mention to the False Creek Community Plan and the removal of the viaducts, which again is kind of putting a lot of pressure. I mean, if I was going to if I was going to tell somebody where to invest in the city of Vancouver, it's, it's hard not to look at kind of that northeast kind of uh, Falls Creek area or along the Hastings Corridor there where there's huge opportunity. And I think your, your connectedness to the, the water, the seawall in the city, uh, or downtown area in the city in general is just going to improve over time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and last but not least, uh, I know you live a block off and I drive. I'm an aspiring transit rider who drives every day, but yes. uh, I drive uh, down prior They've traffic calmed it 30, 30 kilometers an hour, and then uh, you're allowed to park in one of the lanes. At I'm all walking times. faster it than the vehicles on nuts, prior but yeah. hey, this is if you're looking for uh, signs of change coming very quickly. Uh, there's no no better yes. than, uh, than to look at prior, where I'm gonna have to start taking the bus. This is it's it's too much.
2: The bus can only go thirty two. <laughs>
1: So there you have it, folks, our discussion about three exciting up-and-coming hubs in the city of Vancouver. Yeah, Matt, and we should say we
2: were just focused on the city of Vancouver. Uh, we are super excited about all those areas, and it is kind of a, a one region in general, but really up-and-coming. And... Uh, Man, exciting things for our city. And we're fresh off last week's conversation with uh, Chief Planner. That was one of the best. Gil Kelly? I I, I, I love that interview. Yeah, I, that I, was... I agree. And we got a lot of people reached out to us saying how good it is. So if you didn't actually hear that interview, go back and listen to that one. Because yeah. if you're not excited about Vancouver after listening to that interview,
1: you don't have a pulse. That's right. But what else do we have before we go, Adam? We got Vancouver Real Estate podcast.com. That's our website where we have all sorts of things going on. We do help people sell real estate. We do help people buy real estate and we have resources over there like the Livewire. This is our weekly newsletter where we're sending out stats before anyone else. Stats are hard to come by actually. Sure. Uh, We're sending out assignment deals. We're sending out pre-sale deals. We're sending out deal of the month. There's no reason you don't want to be on this list. We also got that research to a private client services. Yes, we do. And before I get to PCS, Matt, I just got to say we
2: also sending out deals like Langford. Langford is back for under three hundred oh. thousand dollars. They've got great, great revenue properties. Three hundred thousand dollars. Yes, under three hundred thousand dollars. And really, like the best way to describe Langford is it's the Surrey of Victoria. The
1: Surrey of Victoria. Uh, we had a lot of people interested in Langford. When, when was that? The first tower, two years ago. Two years ago. This tower is actually it's it's. Actually, a pre sale, but it's completing very soon. They've already rented out most of the. You've events. already got tenants. Yeah. So, it's I mean, turnkey as it gets. And they have a rental program. This is a no brainer. So, definitely get in touch if you want to find out more about that. If you want to talk about that or anything else real estate related, give me a call at seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or Matt at Vancouver dot com. Or you can try me at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven
2: four or Adam at Vancouver Real dot com. And also check out private client services because if you're not using PCS, you're standing oh my still God. while the rest of us power walk Did by. we miss PCS? We did. We absolutely missed PCS. But you do get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information. It's free at your fingertips It's on our website VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com Sign up for your own account today We've tried them all It's amazing It's amazing We also got that secret line Info at com. Thank you He's almost he's almost our Bong Jun ho of the podcast Oh yeah Did you call him that? Like the Not because he's a parasite <laughs> But more, more so because he's uh, well. We're, we just we're fresh off the Oscars
1: here. Yeah, that's Is right. that Right. I was thinking he was a Joker who went plant based. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we know he's not plant based. <laughs> Have a good week.
0: Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs>